Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. To unexplored planets, captured by unknown powers. Yogg, monster from space. You are powerless against me. An irresistible, terrorizing monster. ourselves into the giant crab of the jungle turtle. Monsters never before seen. Unconquerable, the unbelievable. Lights out, and now the movies, folks. Well, hello there, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Secret Lair Drive-In. I am your... I'm your... Fearless leader. I was going to... I was trying to come up with something along the lines of slightly befuddled, extremely distracted, fearless leader D-Dub. And across the way back machine for me... Is even more distracted, uh, faithful acolyte. <laughs> Stratosphere. Hi, kids. Well, uh... Before we get into this week's cinematic masterpiece, first off, it's time for contact information. Okay, we can be reached at secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's right, and in the meantime, go to iTunes, Beyond Pod if you're brave, or uh, your Windows phone. Okay. Subscribe. All right, what is our film for this time? Well... In keeping with our normal schedule, we're going with a, another kaiju, but we decided to step outside the box just a little bit. Uh, we're going with the 1970 Japanese production 
of Space Amoeba, or as it was known when it was released here in the States, Yog, Monster from Space. Alrighty, and the best place to start with any of these would be... The The Plot. plot. The Helios 7 space probe is sent on a mission to study the planet Jupiter. While on its outward journey to the gas giant, the probe is overtaken by the space amoeba, a parasitic extraterrestrial. The probe returns to Earth and crashes into the South Pacific. I, I gotta say, I, there, there's the, the science of this thing. I, I, w- I was really struggling with at first because you know they're they're basically sending this probe to Jupiter, which has like the highest gravity of any of the planets. And I'm thinking, how is this thing going to get back? You know, it, it, well, I mean, because because it, it, it it's basically set up like. Um, Whatever we sent up there, what we sent to the moon in '69. Okay, and I think it was. It struck me as a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, whatever they sent up there, we'll just send that to Jupiter. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, that's a ticket. Well, the the moon has lesser gravity. The Jupiter has like a hundred times the gravity of Earth, from what I understand. So, I had issues. Yeah, with I've it. actually read somewhere that they think it's a giant diamond in the middle. It's a giant diamond in the middle, but a lot of it is actually gas. But apparently, the uh, the they estimate the gravity to be, like I said, at least a hundred times that of Earth. So that's right. It's a gaseous giant. That's why we call it Planet Chipotle. There you go. Hi-yo. Hi-yo. The probe returns to Earth and crashes into the South Pacific, where the amoeba leaves the device and inhabits the body of a cuttlefish, or as they refer to it in the movie. Octopus. Continue. Um, causing it to mutate into what is called Gezora. I, I could just see uh, Dr. Uh, oh, what's his name? And I, I, I'm, I'm strike that from the record. Uh, the tentacled kaiju begins attacking ships and islands in the area. A photographer named Kudo, played by one of my all-time favorites, um, Akira Kubo, who has been in actually a lot of movies that we've reviewed here, yeah, here at the Lair. Um, and if you saw him, folks, you'd know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah, it, like like five minutes into it, I'm like, oh, it's that dude. And it, I'm look, looking... It's that guy from that thing. The guy from the thing, Yeah. So, and he's still acting, from what I understand. It's like, why couldn't they gotten him for Sarazawa? <laughs> I mean, how hard? Who, who do you really need? Like, you know, you know, someone that good and let them fight. <sighs> Where are my slippers? <laughs> who fought it? <laughs> anyway, a photographer named Kudo and his entourage, because photographers have entourages. Land on Selga Island for a photo shoot, but their camp is attacked by Getzoda. Because of its mutation, the creature can ex- create extremely cold temperatures with its body. When the survivors discover that Getzoda is vulnerable to high temperatures, Kudo and his friends use a leftover Japanese World War II munitions bunker to set fire to the monster. Severely burned, the creature retreats to the water where it dies. But it doesn't die! 
That's right. He dies, or so you think. Yes, it, but it basically the space amoeba leaks out of uh, uh, Gizora and possesses a stone crab, mutating it into Ganymes. Get is it Ganymes or Ganymes? I don't know. Giant stone crab. <laughs> yeah, giant crab. Which I, I gotta say, I I, I did kind of like uh, the animation on the head slash face of the crab. I thought that was actually kind of nicely done. For for not what it, bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. not not bad. Um, but it attacks the surrounding islands. Now, luckily, the humans managed to lure Ganymes in or Gan yeah into a pit and destroy it with yet even more explosives. There was an awful lot of gas on that island. Yes. The and Ami- it's not even Jupiter. Yeah, let's <laughs> say Chipotle Island. Now that sounds like a good idea for a movie, Chipotle Island. <laughs> uh, I can't eat that stuff, man. I tried it one time, I meant to tell you, about uh, two or three weeks ago, and it's like, yeah, it was pretty good. And then later on, not so good. Uh the amoeba survives a second time and flees into the surrounding jungles, plotting its revenge. Well, that's that's gilding a lily, isn't it? <laughs> revenge of the amoeba. Yes. Space amoeba decides to control two Earth creatures this time. Another Ganymede and a rock turtle named Kamibas. And does he actually name any of these things? No, not that I know. They they they, they did say Gazora. I remember them saying that, but like the the crab and the turtle, it's, it's a big crab and a turtle. <laughs> yeah, and I think they showed the I think they showed a turtle earlier in the. Uh, movie. They did because because the they were walking through the jungle and the the one girl's like ah, you know like I can't do the high but she does like this high pitched scream and it's like it's a turtle. You're acting like like a, a a snake or a leopard, just yeah. I know this script is bad, but it hasn't gotten big yet, so don't scream. Okay. Uh, the two monsters raid the human camp. Luckily, Kudo realizes the two monsters' weakness: supersonic waves. And how does he how does he know the that is vulnerable to supersonic wave? Bats. And they go looking for bats on the island. Yeah. And oh my god! That's a, I I love the bit where they actually show the bats up in the air because they do this little, what would you call it, an animation loop? Had to be. It was funny because the the bats literally go in this like same configuration over and over. I mean, if you, if you could trace one of them going through the exact same motions each time, it was it was weird. Well, it's like snow on a lot of TV shows we would watch or animated shows. It's the same stuff over and over again. Exactly. They change the back scene, but they wouldn't bother changing the... Uh... Well, the funny thing is, there's supposed to be these uh, these bats, but the when especially when you've got the two kaiju there, they look like gnats, not bats. They, you know, those little, little swarms of insects that oh, yeah, go yeah. in your mouth all the time. Um, anyway... Uh, luckily, Kudo realizes the two monsters' weakness supersonic waves. By releasing a storm of bats, the amoeba loses control of its creations. Uh, Ganymedes and Kamibas, no longer under control, go berserk and begin to battle. Yeah, with like two minutes left in the movie, they battle. <laughs> As And it's not even a good battle. No, it's more like one of them chomps on the other one and won't let go. Um... 
worst kaiju fight ever. Uh, but they begin to battle as gi- Japanese giant monsters are wont to do. The humans, using more explosives, cause the volcano to erupt, engulfing the space amoeba and the two monsters. And also, uh, the space amoeba does take over um, one of one of the main characters, like co-photographers, or what? No, he what, was what, what indu- is he? He was an industrial spy along for the ride because originally the reason the, the oh, so he was Doctor Smith. Originally, the <laughs> reason they went there, the photographer was supposed to take pictures of the island because they were going to put a resort on it. You know, because God, oh, okay. knows, God knows he's the only camera in Japan, which I find hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But, um, yeah, it's funny. Now, he gets possessed by the space amoeba, and yet he doesn't grow to monstrous size. Probably because they ran out of budget, but... No, that would just look silly. Yeah. Frankenstein conquers the world. Anyway, um <laughs> but uh yeah, so yeah, they all they all go in the volcano and go boom. So not not much happening in this one. Now, having said all that, I, you can be critical of this one all day long. I like the fact that um well, like I said, uh, Akira Kubo, he's he's definitely becoming one of my go-to guys as far as kaiju. He's real Excuse me. Always plays a pretty likable character. Very good leading man material. It, this okay. is this is not the best material, of course, but yeah, it's kaiju. You know, whatever. Yeah, you do what you can. Yeah, but he's uh, he's had lots of roles, and find realizing that he was in this was really it 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 gave me a good mindset to watch it. Having said that, that didn't last as long as I hoped it would. <laughs> Boy, it sure didn't. I. It took me like three tries to do, to watch this movie. I started watching it the first time. The wife walked in. She looked at it. I think it was where the uh, cuttlefish was attacking. Yes. She just shook her head and walked out. <laughs> she does that a then, lot. You know, I had to go do something else. Came back. Tried to pick it up from the same place. Would you have, you have to wa- back, walks, it, back it up like about 15 minutes to figure out where the plot was? Like but I'm, I'm watching it. And I know at one point she walked in and said, "I thought you watched. I thought you watched this yesterday." I said, "No, I didn't make it all the way through." And then you and know, she's looking at you like, watching, "Why do you subject yourself to this stuff?" Well, then you know, I think it was like on a Saturday or Sunday. I think it was Sunday afternoon. I'm watching this, so my eyelids are getting a little heavy. Um, it happened. I fell asleep on it. <laughs> so in order to, I had to go back and try to figure out where I fell asleep. To finish watching this movie. Did, did you at least fall out of the chair when you fell asleep? Because I've done that. I was sitting on the bed. Oh, okay. I was just kind of chilling, you know, upright position. I, I've, I've had that happen where I'm watching it on the computer and I literally fall asleep and fall out of the chair, which luckily since since I moved the Strat Cave down into the basement, now I have carpeting. So that's, oh, there that, you go. that's definitely a plus. Well, plus, less of a chance of somebody seeing it happen. Yeah, that's... Uh, a little embarrassing, but uh, a little. <laughs> what was that? Nothing. <laughs> I uh, dropped my shoe. That's yeah. a pretty big shoe. You weren't wearing shoes. I am now. Yeah. So, uh, but okay. I will say, to me, it had it had a certain charm to it. It it's really it's not one of the stronger entries, but. Um, 
for a film that has no actual name, kaiju. Um, I would my big big bitch about it would have been I would have liked to have seen more brawling sooner in the movie. If if they could have done that a little more, I think this would actually be a nifty little entry in in the kaiju thing. But. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Um, I almost get the feeling they're almost going for one of those um, psychological feels like uh, Mer- uh, Attack of the Mushroom People. Which uh, Akira Kubo was in that too. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't remember. I don't know if this one came out before or after. But everything that was great about Attack of the Mushroom People, um, not I, so much with this one. I, Boy, you know what? I never thought about that. But yeah, in retrospect, maybe they were going for that. Um, just for the fact that it's it's got that um, the whole thing takes place on the island, so it's got maybe a little bit of going for a little bit of a claustrophobic feel. But again, Matango just is total claustrophobic, you know, which is what makes it work. Yeah, this I think. Yeah, they may have been going for that epic fail, I'll say. But um, what another thing that kind of distracted from this is one of the things you you see in pretty much almost every kaiju movie is even if it's not a brawl, you see the, um, the kaiju, whichever one it is, destroying the buildings, walking through the city. This one st- destroyed a few huts. It just, yeah. it, it felt, it felt like, Hey, we've got some money left over from the last Godzilla flick budget. Um, we got this island set made. Yeah, we got the island set made from King Kong versus Godzilla. You think we could throw something out there? And oh, let me throw together a, a cuttlefish. We'll call it an octopus, so no one notices. <laughs> but I, don't uh, know. I just, I really had a hard time with this one. Just, it was hard for me to get into. Um, I would agree. I, I actually kept putting off. I've had this thing for a while, and I, I literally just started watching it last night so maybe the fact that i was under time constraints and really couldn't afford to come back to it i i watched it in like two watched half of it last night half of it this morning and uh it was okay i it, it's not the worst thing i've ever seen but i guess you it, know what? It, it, wasn't, had, it, it had kind of a charm to it to me it was there are certain there are certain well just well let's just face it crap films that you watch and I know myself I've got a smile on my face the whole time I'm watching it. Right. Uh, you know, I go to stuff I've seen from the asylum. It's not good cinema but it's damn entertaining and you yeah. know, it's got me smiling even if it's just, oh look at the terrible production on that. You know, but I never really had that sense as I'm watching this movie. Um, I had read something that um, apparently Destroy All Monsters had, because it was so, it was it was big budget for Toho, it actually hurt them a lot as far as future productions, and I think this was made in the wake of that. Yeah, it could be. That, that they just didn't have the big budget to spend anymore, so um, the, the matting was, was like on a level with uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, 
you know, when they were, they were showing the, the cuttlefish octopus, whatever. Oh, the was. blue screen stuff, got it. Yeah, that, the, when I say the matting, yeah, the, the blue screen was just awful. I mean, it looked like it looked like two movies being shown simultaneously on top of each other is what it looked like. Mm, I could I could see that, sure. So. All right. Any other final thoughts? Um, like I said, we were trying to, trying to go for something a little more obscure, a little off the beaten path, and I think the lesson learned here is that uh, is a reason it's, it's obscure is because it's just not, not all that... It, it's just it's not, kind of, it's kind of tossed off. It had that tossed off feel. Like okay, we have we have some low, very little money. It, it felt like a, a Japanese Roger Corman and and just, failing in every sense of that. Just something, get it out there. As quick what, as what can we do? Well, you know, like Roger Corman, who we we obviously love. You know, is always okay. You you've got a thousand dollars to make a movie. Roger Corman could could do that in his sleep. I feel like they were going for that with this, and it just there was no there wasn't the ingenuity level that Corman Corman always found found a way to take the budget and make it work somehow. You know, he'd he'd have really tight okay. shots so you couldn't see just how sparse the the set was. He was good at repurposing, to use your your favorite phrase, you know. Here it just felt like okay, we've we've got our kaiju players because uh like I said, Akira Kubo and there's a couple other ones um that have they're they're kind of like the kaiju players. They've been in several movies. He he's the one that stands out with me, but there were at least two other um actors in this movie that have been in other kaiju production or at least Toho productions. Um one of them, I I'm th- sure. One of them, I think, was in Matango as as well. But it just felt like, okay, we've got a limited budget. Let's just throw some of our our kaiju players in there. We'll 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 get my my son's art class to to do some rubber, you know, paint some rubber. Like I said, I like the way they did the crab. Okay. The, the the turtle looks silly. The way the the ne- the neck kept going in and out. And, uh, yeah, the cuttlefish was just beyond absurd. But I, I like the way they did the crab. I'll, I'll, I'll give them. Okay. That, that keeps it from being totally irredeemable for me. All right. Well, we might as well rate this, sir. Okay. I've got to go stinker. i got to go stinker. Uh, double stinker. I'm sorry. I just, I can't see myself watching this one again. Um, I would agree with that, but I'll say I'll say uh, just a regular stink burger, no cheese though, not 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 special enough to have cheese. <laughs> okay. But um, but uh, yeah, like I said, it it had kind of a offbeat. I keep coming back to the word charm. It 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 kind of held my interest, but while I was watching it, but as you said, yeah, this is not one I'm going to be coming back to anytime soon, and and and. We talked about on the last show one of the true definitions of whether something is is worth watching is would you say to someone who's interested in the genre of whatever you're watching, yeah, you should you should watch this. It's worth your time. I wouldn't I wouldn't make that recommend recommendation to anyone on this one. Oh, absolutely not. Okay. Once again, our contact information. 
secret layer podcast at gmail.com. And we're going to kind of do something a little different for our next one. Okay. We're going to watch a film from the past. Well, they're all from the past. I understand that. But here is the, here is the caveat on it. Okay. We are going to completely eliminate the title. Any mention of the title during the film, just look at it as a film, not as a blank film. Okay. And we'll just for right now call it 1998. We're not going to we're not going to call it by title because it's not worthy of that title. Oh, okay. The the, the object here, we're just going to watch the movie as a movie, not as a Okay. We're just going to call it 98 or we'll call it Gino. All right. But we're going to look at it just as a movie, not as a, well, okay, not as a Godzilla movie. I'm totally on board with that. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a very good way of doing it. Okay. And so for the Secret Lair Drive-In, this is D-Dub. And Stratosphere. Saying go watch a B-movie. And why? Because these movies won't watch themselves, but they will—they will fall asleep while watching them, like we do. <laughs> Bye, folks. Bye, kids. Gee, that was a swell movie. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. <laughs>